So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. Hey, did you read the story? I mean, I think maybe you saw the video of it. Maybe you read about it where this guy was incarcerated for a year and a half based on shot spotter. And you know what shot spotter is. If you don't, we'll get a rundown of it here. But basically, it's been identified as something that helps police identify where there has been a gun fired. And then they can zero in on that area and go arrest the person, hopefully, that um, has shot whoever it might be, whatever victim there exists. It's it's a little more in-depth like that, but I was just trying to lay it out in layman's terms. Alejandro Rez Espasara is with us. Thank you for joining us. So why don't you put it in, in perfect terms about what Shot Spotter is? Hi, yeah. Hi, I'm Alejandro. Uh, so Shot Spotter is a company which peddles a, techno- a technological surveillance device, um, particularly one that seeks to classify sounds as being gunshots um, or, or not. And it's just, it doesn't do that. Uh, in reality, Shot Spotter, it produces unreliable gunshot um, deployments, um, and it has created a large amount of harm for communities here in Chicago, primarily black and brown communities in the city, uh, because these devices have been deployed in the west and south sides um, in stark racial lines. Um, and I'm happy to talk more about it. Uh, in general, we just filed a lawsuit. Um, I'm part of a organization uh, called Lucy Parsons Labs, and we're an org that was founded in 2016 as a collaborative of technologists, transparency activists, um, and so forth. Uh, and we focus on the role technology plays in creating harm in our society and challenging it through research investigation, public education efforts, and litigation like this. And the city and the police department, many people in law enforcement are, you know, saying this is the best thing ever that they have, you know, come up with technology <laughs> that will help them. And and there is one case, of course, that got a lot of attention over the weekend because the person who, you know, was mistakenly identified as a shooter spent, what, a year and a half in jail. And he's come out talking, mm-hmm. saying, hey, this this didn't work. And and then that conversation got deeper because they said just a few months after he was released, the city quietly extended ShotSpotter's multi-million dollar contract without any public input. Should there have been public input? There should have been public input. At every step of this process, there should have been public input. And, you know, this is just another tendency that we've seen through, uh, you know, large amounts of negligence and uh, ineptitude at the city level um, when it comes to passing these uh, large contracts that purchase devices that have been uh, haven't been validated, rather, um, and instead have really just been purchased through uh, bloated marketing attempts. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, surveillance as a concept isn't something that is improvable, right? I think sometimes you hear this rhetoric like, you can have a surveillance device and maybe you can improve it or you can debite it. Um, that's a very complex topic in the field, and it's, it's something that is usually just used to push disinformation. Uh, the tools that you have, they inevitably reflect their intended purpose and their context. These sorts of tools like shot spotter devices aren't made to protect anyone. They're meant to incarcerate. And the, that that sort of uh, behavior ends up just entrenching cycles of poverty and violence. Um, and even worse, what we're seeing now is that these devices aren't even functional. Um, they don't even do what they uh, are marketed to do, but instead just uh, uh, to quote, uh, what someone told me, 
um, on a on a podcast not too long ago is uh, they they called it a, a probable cause generator, um, and I think that's a really good way of putting it. If anything, this just uh, ensures that the stop and frisk behavior we've seen cops use in the past is just uh, continued on into the digital era. And it just uh, produces more violence and more harm in the lives of black and brown people here in the city. Um, you know, we, we've heard from uh, Mr. Michael Williams, uh, among other folks uh, who are also part of this class action lawsuit. Um, we're going to likely be hearing from a lot more people. Alejandro Ruiz Esparza is with the Lucy Parsons Labs. And tell everybody about the story about the Chicago guy. Um, who was he believes he was framed for murder and he's filed the lawsuit. And and is that is that who you're working with? Yeah, yeah. So we're working. We filed this lawsuit. Uh, we're plaintiffs on the lawsuit with Mr. Michael Williams, I believe you're referring to. Um, yes. And this is with the MacArthur Justice Center. And so Michael Williams, as you mentioned, was uh, he was framed by uh, a colluding force between shot spotter and the police. Um, there was a deployment that occurred uh, near near Mr. Michael Williams at the time, who uh, had picked someone up um, and uh, happened to be in the area in which uh, a sound, a loud sound, I won't say a gunshot, but a loud sound uh, was emitted, um, and police officers stopped uh, Mr. Michael Williams. Um, they incarcerated him. He got COVID multiple times and is still feeling the uh, impact, of course, of uh, that sort of trauma of that sort of experience, um, and at least with this lawsuit, right, where we're seeking a few things. We're seeking justice for individuals like Mr. Michael Williams. Um, who, but somebody in uh, his car also... was shot, right, Alejandro? Somebody was shot in yeah. his car, correct? Yes, yes, that is correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but, and how did, yeah. who, who and... shot that person? Like, how, how did that all come down? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, so... I, I don't I don't know who shot that person, right? Um, I don't think anyone could say who sh- who uh, shot this individual. But they thought he did. They not. thought he did. Yes, exactly. And so as a result, he was incarcerated for this. Um, and that uh, his conviction got thrown out. Uh, so after spending months in prison, uh, he was released and is now seeking um, recompense for those sorts of damages. And so what other cities are having issues with this? Yeah, there's a, a ton of cities at the moment. Um, I know Portland has just uh, uh, has put it back on the table. Uh, there are some issues in Houston. Um, I mean, ShotSpotter has been allowed, around for a long time. This isn't anything new. They've existed since around the, I think, uh, mid to early 90s or so. Uh, there are projects that, they came, that came out of um, Silicon Valley um, and Stanford. Uh, and uh, they have, I think, at one point, Wired, uh, the magazine once called them, a, a successful product, not, not due to good technology, but just due to good PR. So they've uh, expanded across the country in various ways, shapes, and forms. Um, but we've been working not just in Chicago, but more broadly, there's been a, a larger movement across the U.S. Uh, to cancel various shot spotter contracts in various cities. And have some lives been saved because of shot spotter? There's no evidence to suggest that. Um, any evidence that has been provided through... Uh, hearings uh, has been funded directly from ShotSpotter. Um, however, there is a mountain of evidence suggesting otherwise. Uh, I think it's there. There's a lot of hypotheticals that get thrown around, right? You get this sort of a uh, rhetorical slate of hand that happens, uh, where uh, largely uh, city elected officials um, and ShotSpotter representatives talk about this hypothetical person who can be saved by a ShotSpotter alert. Um, but there is no evidence of that happening. There's also no theory of change that is. Um, 
really been represented, right? Like, so we have this issue of gun violence. Shotspotter claims that they have a solution to gun violence. How does it do it? There, there is no explanation for that outside of just deploy people and incarcerate. And, and how much is our contract? What do we pay for this? Yeah, so initially we paid $33 million. At this point in time, we paid over $40 million uh, uh, on ShotSpotter technology. Um, so that's, you know, not just the software, but also uh, deploying these sorts of devices. They're usually uh, hoisted on top of telephone and light poles across the city. Um, you'll likely see a lot of black boxes in the air if you look up, and a very large amount of those are ShotSpotter devices, especially uh, on, the, on, the, what is it? Uh, on the south and west sides of the city in black and Latinx communities. And do you um, do you believe that your lawsuit will have impact that would actually result in ShotSpotter no longer being used if yeah, you win I think in court? Part, yeah, I think it's part of the process, right? So there's uh, this, this aspect of seeking justice and accountability for the people who have been directly harmed uh, by ShotSpotter. This is part of the reason it's a class action case to begin with. Um, but it's also for highlighting things like persistent constitutional violations to the 14th Amendment due to the discrimination discriminatory deployment practices that have been justified through pseudoscience. Um, and we're challenging the city for ignoring the concerns of its constituents and operational criticisms that were raised by the Office of the Inspector General in its own independent report on ShotSpotter's uh, massive inefficacy and uh, waste of resources across the city. Um, well, we'll so be watching the, day, the case. Really... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, and I hate to cut you off, but we got to jump over to the newsroom. But we'll certainly be watching your case because I think a lot of people have questions about it, but there's just as many sure. people who support it. So I think you've got an uphill battle on your hands, but... Um, keep us up to date as this progresses, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Steve has your news next from 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.